Welcome to I Like the Way You Work It, a podcast from your friends at Dateline Digital Printing. At Dateline, we care a lot about taking unusually good care of people and helping them do their very best work. This podcast is a gift to the remarkable people we have the honor of serving. And now, I Like the Way You Work It, with your host, Jeff Welch. Hey everybody, what is up? This is Jeff Welch and welcome to another episode of I Like The Way You Work It. Today I am talking to Josh Labuda, uh, the artist behind Once and Future. And while this is a conversation that is very much about his creative process, I don't want you to skip this if you do not think you're one, a creative person or two, an artist. Uh, These are the things that I think will come out in this conversation that really apply to people across all sorts of work. Uh, The value of knowing which rules to break. The value of having discipline in choosing how to spend your time. The value of not letting your audience determine your value. The value of treating people well. The value of learning by doing. And this may be more specific, but the value of a good drummer. I think that if you give this conversation a chance, you are really going to pull out a lot of great threads from the way he works and the way you may work. And also uh, spread out throughout the conversation are clips of some of his songs. Uh, Just fantastic work. Uh, Proud to call him a friend and proud to get to uh, make music with him on occasion. So uh, enjoy this conversation and just pay attention to the parallels between his work and yours. You, you are the person who I was least concerned about having a hard time with the headset. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm like, you, I'm used not gonna, to having on the right used side. To hearing your voice in your head. <laughs> this isn't going to be weird at all. In and then head. you just stood and stared at them for about 30 solid listen, seconds. Listen, it's, I always assumed the headset would be on the, the right side of the okay, face. Okay. Yeah. But it's on the left side. I, I don't know that it is. Okay, uh, I've never because it, it can move around, yeah. right? It can. It's like you can you can flip it either direction. That's why it confused me. I you know doing this, I haven't really done a stereo yeah. test to check <laughs> which which side things come out on. So I mean, I could I'll have talk them on this side of my face. That's like better. Popeye. That's better. <laughs> <laughs> well, what were you listening to on your way over here? Oh man, um, I was listening to um, there's this band called. Um, Oh my gosh, I can't. Cape Francis. Okay. They're called Cape Francis. It's just one guy. Every time you tell me about who you're listening to, it's just someone I've never heard of. In yeah, my life, that's so. what Tanya says too. Yeah, Cape Francis. <laughs> Cape Francis. Yeah, he. It's a very. It's kind of reverbed out, but lots of pop sensibilities. A little mm-hmm. bit. You can hear a little bit of the the Beach Boys in there, uh, in in melody. It's really nice. It's real. It's very. The, the dynamics are pretty even around mm-hmm. and. 
um, for a lot of my life, I, 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 I was listening to like Taking Back Sunday and Brand New and Under Oath. And it was mm-hmm. all about like the bigger the dynamics, yeah. the better. You yeah. know, you had either had like huge halftime or you had like acoustic whiny, you know. <laughs> and I've been really trying to search out like a little more even ground when it yeah. comes to listening in my car. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what I've been listening to. It's been really nice. You strike me as somebody who probably has like a go-to milieu. Like you have this yeah. certain stuff that you like, but that you probably like lots of different kinds of music. Yeah. Even if they're yeah. not the things you just pick mm-hmm. for yourself. Yeah. But let's talk about musical snobbery here. Oh, yeah. That sounds good to uh, me. You have been accused of that <laughs> on more than one occasion. I, I certainly have done it uh, because oh, no. I know a thing or two about musical snobbery. <laughs> a little bit. So, um, so I know lyrics are important to you. Yeah. So tell me, when, when you think, like, so I, we've disagreed on Death Cab for Cutie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like a number of the same things. Yeah. But there are other things that I just think are great, and you're like, oh, they just totally, you know, phoned it in on the lyrics on this yeah, album. I, yeah, I think so. So wh- what about the lyrical part of music is important to you? What are you looking for? What interests you, I guess? Oh, man. Well... I like there to be a, a meaning in the lyrics that's readily apparent in well okay let me let me specify that so readily apparent in that they spent I can't it's hard to explain but they, I can, sometimes I can listen to a song and listen to its lyrics and I can tell they spent time crafting the lyrics and mm-hmm. um, like for example Death Cab for Cutie since we're on that like you listen to Title and Registration by Death Cab for Cutie. And it's the, how the lyrics are crafted. It's 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 a it's a story about some about someone getting pulled over, mm-hmm. Ben Gibber getting pulled over, and he finds memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, you think it's about him getting pulled over, and it's a it's well it starts out of the glove, glove compartment isn't accurately named, yeah, and everybody knows it, yeah, <laughs> um, because nobody puts gloves in there anymore, and and then so it's about him getting pulled over. And but about the glove compartment, no one actually puts gloves in their glove compartment. And then it's also about like the the his like this past that he finds. Yeah. Um. And so there's like there's this layering to it, and there's like an intention and a you know, crafting in the rhyme scheme. And mm-hmm. and so I, so for me, I, uh, I of course I talk about brand new and a lot of other taking back Sunday and taking back Sunday even still is all about like romantic mm-hmm. you know romantic love is a fic- it's it's a fickle thing you know and so um i so there's other themes too in lyrics where like they're not just going to write about their girlfriend you know lyrics that are about about um dealing with our personal issues of doubt or um or even or or about um even just so- social issues even to a point mm-hmm. um and also for like that's always what I gravitate to when it mm-hmm. comes to lyrics. Like, and I, I can't. It's hard for me to explain how I can de- deduce the intention, how much intention they put into lyrics. So just, I'll listen to it, and if I can't guess the next word that's gonna rhyme, yeah. <laughs> that's always a good sign. <laughs> that's always a good sign <laughs> yeah, that they tried. Yeah. And so that yeah. So that's I I I, don't, I can't. It's hard to explain, but I I focus on it, and I can I can just kind of sense that like this is someone who. Who spent time crafting this, yeah. and um, and uh, and re- and really was willing to like maybe sometimes give up a rhyme scheme for an idea, 
And that's also mm-hmm. a really th- neat thing too, because we know we all know in a lot of pop music, it's it's like the melody is is like and the rhyme scheme is like that's the hook. Oh, yeah. the hook is like the the key is the hook. Yeah. And so um, and there's some I mean, there's a thing is boom clap by Charlie XCX. I like that song. <laughs> I can't. All I can't, right, I, 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 I know. Here. I do. It's it really is like, but um there but, but anyway it's but that's it's just uh like the verses are just garbage <laughs> and it's like and, but the chorus has that hook in yeah it, you know and so you it, it, it but as far as lyrics are concerned like you guess what's kind of focusing yeah. on is like I I look for I look for in, an intentional I can feel like I, I can feel earlier they put work into it and also like. The song, all the songs aren't just about relationships, mm-hmm. or they, they're with their girlfriend. They're about. Yeah. There's a new. There's a uh, a new album. I can't remember the artist. I just started listening to him, but he his record is he has a song about about having breakfast with his um, dying grandmother, mm-hmm. and about he has kind of like fallen away from like. Judeo-Christian religion, but she still holds on to it, and he respects her view of that of the afterlife, and so he so she's talking about passing on and dying, mm-hmm. and so he's just receiving that, and it's uh, and respecting her, and it's mm-hmm. like like who writes a song about this? And <laughs> but it's beautiful because yeah. she's gonna yeah. she's dying, and yeah. he's it's it's all in a memory about how he feel he felt like having breakfast with her for mm-hmm. like the last time before she died. It's like. Man, I wow. really gravitate to those kinds of songs. Yeah. Like in lyrically, we're like, man, you really had to really either freaking lived it, yeah, or and then you you had to bring it up, or you're just you're crafting it off emotions you already had. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I definitely so I think I I, I appreciate a, a fairly wide gamut uh, because yeah, I mean there are plenty of songs that I enjoy singing along to. Yeah, I'm like this doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, right. This is just it is a collection of syllables. Yep, really is all totally. we're doing here. But it's fun, you know. But then uh, Death Cab, Ben Folds, mm-hmm. um, oh, David Bazan, like yeah. storytellers, yeah. people who are crafting this narrative through song. And um, th- there is a, a limitation in telling mm-hmm. a story within a song, right? Yeah. And uh, how they navigate that and how they figure out how to get you from here to there and... Um, it's just a special, like, I wouldn't say I like poetry in general, Yeah. but you put poetry to music and it's this fantastic <laughs> thing. So <laughs> that's actually um, how I got into songwriting is I wrote poetry mm-hmm. and I knew that no one would ever, ever <laughs> read it. So I had already started playing guitar and I, so as I said, might as well just put this to music. So that's kind of, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So you, you, uh, post things on Instagram, uh, you, you do these lives and stuff like that where you're playing through songs and all this fantastic stuff. I saw one in which, uh, I kind of followed the, the thread of comments in which someone had referenced a word you used and you said that you made it up. <laughs> so let's talk about this for, oh, man. for the, the lyrical guy. Yeah. Um, but there's license there to then yeah. go, yeah, make up words. words. I mean, all yeah. words are made up. Right? Yeah, we that, can. Yeah, it's true. Agree that. Yeah, it's it's a, a socially agreed upon meaning mm-hmm. within 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 a word. Yeah, it's called an ecolect, by the way. All right. Yeah. Um. So, it's it was wi- willow wanded. Okay. That there was, was the you word. know exactly what. Yeah, I do remember that because I was. I was yeah. 
Um, yeah, Effie called me out on it. She's like, what even <laughs> is, what even does that mean? Um, so uh, there's a poet back, I was, so I first started writing poetry because I was, I was homeschooled and had a group of friends that were, that were writing short stories and poems. And mm-hmm. so I got my first journal, oh, man, I was like 16 and I started writing, I want to write, be a story, I wanted to write books and novels because I was mm-hmm. really into writing and got into poetry and I but I didn't like most poetry, and I found this poet called Saul Williams, and uh, he wrote this book, this little book called She, and it has S and then like a square root, the square root mm-hmm. thing, and then he, and he was he's really into that kind of stuff. But he's re- he was really into adding on or and or taking away um, words to make the same letters, mm-hmm. and then. So, example, like phonetically, like he used. Um, there's a poem called Tulips, I think, and he he talked about tulips, the flower, and then two lips, T W O L I P. So he was able to he he did that a lot, like friendships, mm-hmm. and then he had a poem about ships with friends, mm-hmm. and so he and so he did that a lot. He did a lot of like adding on and breaking apart of words that were basically combined. Like butterfly, mm-hmm. like words like that, yeah, like yeah. like how does it even? They're like two words, but they're they can be made into so. Yeah. I, that's kind of where all that started. So I've done a, a little bit of that. I can't really think of any examples right now in my own lyrics, but um, Willow Wanted was <laughs> was where um, I was writing a song about uh, about w- kind of wanting to escape from. Uh, basically the society that mm-hmm. I was, that I was in the MN. Mm-hmm. And so will uh, though the phrase is willow wanded great wide empty. And basically um, it's, it's like a, basically a, an open clearing in a forest with willow wands all over. Mm-hmm. And so willow wanded means like willow wands are just scattered about in, mm-hmm. in by, by the stream yeah. that, in this clearing. And, and so instead of saying all that, mm-hmm. like willow wands that are, you know, um, you just put willow wanted. And so the willow wands have now been applied to the scenery. Mm-hmm. And so it's, uh, all, it's, I guess, technically a verb. You ver- ver- yeah. verb, you verbed it, verb, diverbed it. And you verbed it. Kind of like the way, you know, Google and everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we do that anyway. Um, so just, it's fun because what I've always tried to avoid in writing is using the phrase like, like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, and I, cause I think, I think in po- poetry or even, or in writing, I think it, it's not, I think it's not, it's not as creative as mm-hmm. it, as you could be. Yeah. So, um, um, so say it like, I flew away like a bird, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I think that's it's, it's acceptable. Yeah, but I think you can. There's better ways. I'm trying to think of an example while I'm speaking, and I can't. Oh yeah, that's next um, to impossible. Yeah, but it's but you, you, there's better ways to, instead of saying like a like a because then everything in your poem now, it's you should you should instead of saying it's like that, just say it as if it is that. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, I actually from reading, I don't know. There's a you can read even reading like biblical ancient poetry and stuff or like think like if you look or revelation for example like the things are representing something but they are that thing yeah does that make sense yes and so it's a lot more creative way to i think make a point and be artistic with an exa- with a with a reference and example 
um, instead of saying it's Leica. And that's how you end up with Will of Wanted. You end up with Will of Wanted say it with, by trying to avoid the trope yeah. of Leica or as if it was. Is it important to you? Because I've seen artists on either side of this uh, debate's the wrong word, but yeah. Um, is it more important that you are understood for what you intended to mean or that you introduce something that causes them to come to their own conclusion. <laughs> so like Willow Wand, it, 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 that is something that could be misunderstood yeah, by people. And, it, yeah. and so some people would, they would avoid that saying, I want to be very clear about what I'm saying, <laughs> um, which yeah. is one way to do art. And Absolutely. another way is to say, here's some stuff. Mm-hmm. What do you think it means? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I, um, I don't put as much thought, I think, into accessibility. I do more, I do more so now. Um, but I don't, because I don't feel like that many people listen to my music mm-hmm. for it to for it to, for me to worry about it yeah um i mean most of i mean i've been trying to write music since i was like 16 and then just got into like recording a little bit when i was like 19 and learning um i was pretty late in the game compared to a lot of people that i know um and so i never had i, I always wanted to just write the th- write whatever I felt like writing, mm-hmm. and um, and I think that within the last couple of years I've been definitely trying to be more intentional with the ex- accessibility of meaning, uh, but at the same time I I I, I think it's it is important I think the the feeling behind a song um, can portray a lot more than trying to be too concise with its meaning. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I approach it is I really am more intentional with the feeling behind a song than its literal definition. And if they misunderstand it in a way that they can always approach me through social media, which has been yeah. pretty, pretty great way to get in touch with a lot of artists, which has been yeah. mostly what I use it for. I mostly use Instagram to, to talk to people that, yeah. <laughs> that, that I listen to. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I think I'm definitely more and in, more interested in um, in cre- in cr- creating f- filling out the idea that I had about the lyric because a lot of times when I'm writing lyrics, it's almost it's almost always all at once, mm-hmm. and and um, and then and that's like so I have a flow of this idea and I it, I put it down and that it pretty much stays after I'm I write it, mm-hmm. and so however it ends up meaning to anyone else. Uh, it's. I'm not really that interested in. I, I'm. Interested, I'm interested in their definition of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, I'm definitely more into the feeling of when I wrote yeah. the song than I am into the actual meaning. Um, the of whether they got the actual meaning that I meant just in passive listening. about young fangs okay <laughs> so uh i mean young fangs is kind of kind of a big deal i that's what i hear <laughs> when, um, when you're in it you don't really <laughs> you don't really think that you're always kind of down on yourself so this was you joel fagery and your brother brennan yep 
And um, I I knew about you guys because of um, I, you did some big concert for the university at some point. We did a Blue few. and gold. I don't. What was that? I don't know. Um, we did, we've done did a few. Them. There was a few of them. There, there, there was were a f- f- just the one. No, <laughs> we did a few. Um, yeah. You guys are like in the Explore Fairbanks yeah. ads, and like you, you guys, I, I see you at the airport all the time. Um, <laughs> on the screen. Yep, on the screen at the airport. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I know that guy. Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. like, what was that experience like? Because you were um, on the getting on the screen at the airport. Yeah, or? specifically <laughs> that. Um, I mean, that there's a lot of gratification there in terms yeah. of of the work that you're doing. Yeah, that it it's meaningful to your community and all that good stuff. Yeah, um, you guys did some recording that yeah. um, only a little bit of it has uh, gotten surfaced. out, gotten yeah. out. But um, tell me about those days, man. So Young Fangs all started back in it was like winter 2010. Um, we, me, Brennan, and Joel had moved in together. And uh, into his parents' old house, and we were renting fr- renting it now, and we had moved all our music gear in, which wasn't very much. Mm. It was mostly Joel's drums, and then a lot of Joel's mom's like Kathleen's stuff because <laughs> she's mm-hmm. she's what she's still playing, yeah. recording. She's still writing and recording, but um, and playing. But she has a lot of gear from over the years, and she has like four or five albums anyway it's impressive yeah and so we used a lot of her stuff we played bass through a keyboard amp because she plays keyboard and so Mm -hmm. most of the stuff amplifiers we use are all her keyboard stuff which hopefully we didn't break um but so we just started playing music together and um we played a cover up i think it was like it was winter 2010 and we did a we did the great cover up with uaf um which i don't know if they still do it but it's yeah i think they still do it's a lot of fun and uh we covered uh Nutramilk Hotel, um, which no one knew, and it, it was it was it, but anyway it was it was a start, and mm-hmm. then our, and so we started um, writing our own music, and we played a king uh, we'd play the next cover up, played Kings of Leon, and then people are like, hey, you want to like start playing shows, mm-hmm. and we're like, we have no original music, so we might as well start writing something, and that's kind of how it started. Okay, um, and so we we started writing our own music, and then. Um, July, I think it was around July 2011, Daniel Randall recorded us for free in his bachelor pad cabin studio on Birch, Birch Hill in six days, recorded, mixed and mastered six songs. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then that was kind of like, that was thanks for caring EP. Yeah. And I was like, which was like, just sounds amazing. Honestly, like, but I listen back to him like, oh my gosh, this yeah. he did such a good job yeah. with what we did because <laughs> we didn't work that <laughs> with good. What we were bringing to and so that's kind of, and then we just started <laughs> using using music, using that music as a platform to like base, you know, to start um, just networking with people and playing yeah. shows around, playing house shows. Um, there was a thing for a while called Second Saturdays that we in this like giant dry cabin in Esther and just networking with people mm-hmm. and it, um and just hanging out and just being willing to play a lot of places and um and I think I'll, and then it just it was it's compacted on itself yeah. eventually to the point where we were asked to we were playing we played um the SRC opening for Matt and Kim which was one of the oh, yeah, yeah. giant biggest shows we've ever played except for when we did the uh Arctic Winter Games and we played at the Carlson Center and it was insane. <laughs> yeah. And they had like live recording of it on the news that my parents could watch. 
and they only they only recorded like 10 seconds of us then cut back <laughs> and started talking about the winter olympics my parents were so mad oh. they're like you're supposed to be watching you guys anyway anyway so glamorous. i know so glamorous anyway so that everything just kind of compacted on itself yeah. like just willing to play the gigs and like but willing to be closers and openers and mm-hmm. and so in this meeting people and it was and so that was i mean we played we'd go to anchorage and play like almost once a month yeah. which was exhausting and um yeah so that's kind of that whole that whole time is just like practicing once a week and going to anchorage once a month and playing local shows and playing bigger shows and learning how to negotiate with like with venues with like mm-hmm. with like prices like yeah. how much are you worth now after like how much are you are you willing to pay play four hours for three hundred dollars mm-hmm. and after a while not anymore it's yeah. like it's not worth i mean we start we got we were after 2011 we started getting married and having kids and so we started to learn how to navigate all that like how 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 can you be married and have oh like a, a seven month old and go to anchorage every month and practice once a week mm-hmm. and then have your regular job like how do yeah. you how do you reconcile that so and that came in a lot of the newer songs that haven't been released yet it's been like four years now, but yeah, the newer songs, the right? newer, newer, newer <laughs> old songs are kind of uh, that during that time. And it was so young things was, it was a lot of fun. And, um, and we still, yeah, I still play the songs every once in a while, mm-hmm. but it was, it was a good time. It was a really, it was, I learned a lot about how to, I learned a lot about how to treat people, um, well in, in the context of, like you're you're cool for like forty five minutes, depending how long <laughs> you play. You and and then what do you do then? You know, yeah. like how do you how yeah. do you how do you how do you how do you use this this platform that you've been given well and steward it well? And it also on the other side of it, if no one shows up to your show, like how do you how, what do you what does that mean to you? Yeah, like learning how to that that kind of yeah. like playing to like three thousand people at the Carlson Center. And then playing to like the the bar manager at the pub because no one showed up to no your show, came. and and learning learning what that means, yeah. like not letting that determine your value. And I think that one of the biggest things that got is from young, from playing with young things is like how to write music, like with other people, and how to treat your sound guy because <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot of bands don't get understand. Such a simple thing. It's such but a it simple. Matters. Oh man, I. I, you, I wouldn't believe how many times I've been thanked by a sound guy for being nice to them when I just treat them like they're people that are doing sound because the, I heard a lot of horror stories <laughs> from, oh, yeah. from sound guys talking about these people just, I don't know, it's just they, they just they assume so much of themselves as musicians and there's a whole other story about my theory on why that is. But <laughs> um, yeah, Young Fangs was a, it, it was a, it was a time of, it was about learning and it was about kind of especially in this community in Fairbanks it's it it's a survival is a very important part of living here especially Mm -hmm. in the winter and and so like your band isn't the biggest deal (laughs) you know as it it, if you're like in Nashville or Seattle or Portland and and um, some bands can get bitter about that and I think that's the wrong way to go I think the best way to go is is to respect the people that come to your show and then keep writing music that you that you find meaningful. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was a that was a whole time. There's a lot, and of course, there's all the other stories compact. Sure, that. sure. But your brother moves out of state. He does. Mm-hmm. So that it, that becomes challenging. You got a three piece that's now become a two piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That uh, 
And so, but you have continued to write music that yeah. you think is meaningful. And uh, so that's once in future. Beneath the burden of a few good lives Wound up for honesty will keep me alive Shaken from keeping my crooked straight Indebted, embedded in a darkly How's that going? It's going pretty well. Um, I've, I'm not, again, with like working, like learning from young things about all, like, reckon, doing, like, how do you, your family is so important. Mm -hmm. And that's something I learned with young, with young things is that I didn't really, I wasn't early, I wasn't really very good with stewardship with my family. And a lot of bad things, not bad, but a lot of negative things came out of it where mm -hmm. I was exhausting myself with young fangs and kind of like pushing my family to the wayside. Cause I thought, well, we were promised like a lot of things in young fangs. Um, we almost got a record deal. One of the people involved with, um, Vance joy and Lumineers mm -hmm. was going to sign us. And then he stopped returning my emails mm -hmm. and how ah, the biz. Yep. That's the biz. the biz. We got, we got to that. We got to that point. Um, so, so I I learned a lot about where to tr where to put value, mm -hmm. and so with once in future I I've been a lot better at taking it easy and steward stewarding my time well in being creative and writing even though it's not as often as I would like, mm -hmm. um, and and it's going really well still. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm still I'm writing. I'm still writing um, song. I'm. I feel like I'm getting better at writing songs that I want to write, even though I'm not playing guitar every single day. Mm -hmm. And um, people are, are whenever we're able to actually play, which is of course isn't that often because Joel has his family and Kathleen, his mom, plays keys and, and she has her life. And then Harrison plays bass for me sometimes, and he has school and work. And so um, whenever we're able to get together, it's always there's always a positive experience. Mm -hmm. um, and so. Um, it's uh, my focus for once in future, as opposed to like going to Anchorage once a month and playing, playing local shows every, yeah. try almost every weekend. Once the future is going well, because I'm taking it easy and focusing on songwriting and recording. And then, um, and there's, there's been fruit out of that. Yeah. So I want to talk to you about the Kickstarter and recording and all that good stuff because that's super fun. Yeah. But let's, since you sort of like opened the door right there, let's talk about this, the balance between uh, creating something, mm. uh, like making something that matters to you yeah. with your family that also matters to you yeah. and your work that uh, you need to do in order yeah. to get to do all the other stuff. Yeah. Um, how how are you managing that or what are what are some of the challenges you're facing or how have you figured out how to do it well or what are you still learning 
Where's your head at on that balance of those yeah. elements? How I've been able to have it work. Um, I don't watch Netflix like mm-hmm. hardly ever. Yeah. And um, um, or like I, I'm hardly ever on Facebook. And I, I try to even though I, I, I love Instagram. I, I try to. It's actually not on my phone as an app right now. <laughs> Um, and a lot of it has to do, and I don't really, I have video games cause people have given me their old <laughs> video game consoles, like, and, but I don't really go out, I don't purchase or play video yeah. games. And the only reason is, is because I know that if I do that, that I won't be able to write mm-hmm. because there's a very, there's a, there's a window of time that I, that I can, I can write and record. And I know that I know will be a healthy amount in the balance of work and family. Yeah. Um, and and I don't want to use that. I I can't I can't open the door to those those levels of entertainment because mm-hmm. I know they'll take over. Yeah. And so that's been the the most the the best way for me to 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 be able to balance it is I have to replace Netflix binging Netflix and playing Breath of the Wild. <laughs> which is a great we were just talking about Zelda earlier. Oh my today. gosh, it's How such a funny. good game. Uh, but I have to I have to replace Breath of the Wild and um and Netflix and um and even just like opening up apps on my phone. I I have to rep- that that is all time spent. Yeah. And economically it's, it's called the opportunity cost. Sure. It's the greatest alternative for gone. So I'm I'm and I think that they're not that Comparatively, they're not that great of an alternative, yeah. in my opinion. Sure. Like, if you love cinema and you love, like, if you think, I mean, Black, I've seen episodes of Black oh, Mirror, man. and I love Philip K. Dick novels, and I can, I can see, I see like his. I, anyway, I love that was that kind of writing, mm-hmm. and the cinematography is beautiful, but at the same time, like, I'm, I gotta forego the new season. I have to, because there's, I have, I have a goal, yeah, and I have um, a love for this for for music and i know and i I have a love for my family and so i need to that's the best way i've learned to balance it Mm -hmm. is i have to forego these other alternatives and i know that if i open up the door to those things they'll take over because i i do enjoy them Mm -hmm. i do enjoy i do i do enjoy um watching watching certain movies and tv shows i do enjoy playing breath of the wild and i i do enjoy like looking at instagram and through like looking for like new musicians yeah. or like tutorials and how like carpentry tutorials. Like it's just like amazing people can do. And, yeah. and it's, it's a anyway, but I know that if I open that door, then one out, like 30 minutes becomes like three hours. Sure. And, um, and then it's like, okay, well now I'm going to record. It's like, no, 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 you're not. Cause I know what happened when I did that. Yeah. I know when I happened when I watched TV and when I played video games and then I recorded music and I, I ignored a lot of the responsibilities mm-hmm. that I had. And so that bound that bound and also <laughs> and also I sleep less <laughs> than yeah. I I've there's been times where, so I work nights and so I work at, I work at the university. I'm an equipment operator and I work from 9 p.m. until 5:30 6 a.m. sometimes a little later. And my family's still asleep and so um I'll go to my office at the church where I also work part-time. And um, I'll spend the next hour and a half, two hours there while everyone's still asleep mm-hmm. recording. And I know that I still have to get up at like 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. Yeah. But I, I, it's, it's worth it to me. And so there's that too. It's like 
you there's it's like the you you sacrifice you're putting things on an altar like mm-hmm. that in modern times when we think about you still do use the word sacrificing even yeah. though what it actually meant yeah. was very different than what it means now but it's the symbolism is still there where you where you're like you're you're taking something and then you're basically it's an, you're incinerating it mm-hmm. because time is it's a one-way path yeah and so you're burning things and you're, you're sacrificing them um to to something else you're you're maintaining right now you're, that you're not burning yeah. and you're not incinerating and you're not getting rid of and so there's sleep is another thing too. It's where like I'm, I'll be in the office and I'm like, okay, five hours is gonna be okay today because like I, I wanna I wanna do this and or yeah. and so um, yeah, so that's always a battle too. I'll be driving home from work and I live right across the street from my office, yeah. where the recording studio is. Left turn and I'm like, hey, left right turn or right turn. turn. That's like that's totally what it is. <laughs> it's totally what it is. It's it's that that it's in that moment. I'm like sit at the stoplight and okay, what am I gonna do? You yeah. know, and, and what am I gonna do? And so that's that's like a and that's a daily thing too. Sure. Like and so that's kinda that's what I've that's how the balance works out for me is you you have you can't do it all and mm-hmm. you're not meant to do it all. You're you're, you're meant be intentional with 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 few things and you can do them well. Yeah. And that's kind of philosophy that I I want to I want to continue on. Well, what I hear you saying there is that something that applies to people who aren't making music, right? Mm-hmm. It can it can be to any sort of discipline or anything that you want to um accomplish is that you are going to have to not do this yep. so you can't do that. Yep. And when I hear people say, I don't have time for, yeah. what I wish they would say is, I made this a priority. Exactly. That's fine. Yeah. That's great. Admit it. But that puts <laughs> you in control. Yeah. Now oh. it's not, you were at the mercy of your life. <laughs> it is, I made conscious choices to do this instead. I watched three hours of Black Mirror last <laughs> night, so yeah. I didn't do that. Yeah. And you, it's hard to admit that. Okay. It's hard to, ad- yeah. it's hard to t- take, that's the thing about freedom is you have to take take responsibility for everything you do, yeah. which is a very scary thing to do. It's a very scary thing. Like it, if it goes well, then you're willing to take. You're willing, oh yeah, like I did it. Credit, yeah, sure. So I'll take, take credit. Yeah, I know, right? I'll take credit, but responsibility for what didn't happen and yeah. the negative things. Like no, it's it's very difficult to stand up, and, and that's that's character. That's virtue, yeah. isn't it? Virtue yeah. is is um, taking responsibility regardless of the yeah. Personally careless with use pours in leisure Each dark and dread begets another age I blinded my own eyes for the thrill of the taste of her about the kickstarter yeah so you you write these songs you've got this bank of stuff that you want to share yeah and so you decide to run this kickstarter mm-hmm. to really do yeah a, a recording project what was that like so the kickstarter idea i've been wanting to do it a long time and i wanted to do it with young things um and but it it's it never worked out again like when you ha- when you're in a band it's very much your everyone's ideas matter mm-hmm. 
and so it was kind of hard to get that off the ground. Like what's how, what's going to be the artistic vision for this? Um, how are we going to go about getting funding? And it was just, anyway, it never worked out. And so with once in future, one of the, one of the things I wanted to do with the project is I, I wanted to play the shows that I wanted to play. I wanted to have the artistic vision and kind of go with that in mm-hmm. my, cause I could, cause it's mostly just me. Yeah. But I want to do a Kickstarter. I wanted to experience that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, the, the amount of money that it takes to record, um, an, an e- album or EP or even song that can be played on par with other music. Yeah. Um, it, it's, 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 it's expensive, but I wanted to be, I wanted to make, I wanted to like have like a standard for, I want to have a sonic standard. Mm-hmm. And so in order to do that, you have to get a good engineer. And I knew James Glaves um, in Anchorage. He's with the band medium build. Who's one of my favorite bands right now. Um, and they, uh, I knew that he'd be able to do it to get me up to that level um, where it could be acceptable. It didn't sound like, oh, this is a, a hometown recording. Mm-hmm. Like this is something that could have been recorded anywhere. Yeah. And that was the ambition. And you want to respect your engineer to be able to pay them what they deserve to make that happen. Yeah. And so I wanted to have the funding to do that. And so um, I started researching like the crap out of Kickstarter and all the uh, and Indiegogo, but I ended up with Kickstarter and how do you do it? Mm-hmm. And how do you make it happen? And how do you reach a goal? And and I learned a lot. I learned a lot about the wrong way to go about doing a Kickstarter, um, and also the wrong way. I've, I watched a lot of. I used, I watch usually watch YouTube videos, not mm-hmm. so much um, forums. I, I watched a lot of YouTube videos about that really gave me a really weird feeling about there was people like well if you want your kickstarter to do well and there weren't that many about music it was mostly about like Mm. like um like inventing ideas so it was kind of so i had to like piece it together myself but um a lot of it was like you need to find the most influential people you know and like piggyback on them so that you can get all your funding and uh, man that was weird (laughs) it was a really really bad taste in my mouth to like like to be careful with with how you use f- your yeah, fundraising yeah. because people can become assets very quickly yeah. um when and then i started to question like isn't is this even worth it to like <laughs> to try to like force people to support this and anyway so it, i learned a lot about like myself even going through kickstarter like hey so what's the vision for this for this EP? it was an ep cuz i didn't have it was you know so you it's more concise and compact and you can you can put a lot of time into it with yeah anyway fewer songs fewer songs and and so the, the kickstarter started out it was just i had an artistic vision and the songs and then started learning learning about how to how to build it and to how how to how to like market it and saved up some money for some advertisements on facebook and instagram um talked to people that were interested in it and uh and and it, it worked. I I got over the amount I needed, mm-hmm. and um, it was and it was it was a very scary experience. But after the first day, I got over half of what I needed, yeah. and I had like twenty nine days to go. Yeah, and so that was really exciting. That was really and um, yeah. So the Kickstarter went it went really well. Michelle, my bell, 
Tell me about, because um, I think that you espouse these ideals, but okay. correct me if I'm wrong. The idea of balancing the mindset of the student, right? Balancing the mindset of somebody who is willing to acknowledge they don't know everything and yeah. wants to learn, yeah. right? Against a bias for action. Yeah. Against, I, I know there's much to learn, but I can't afford to wait until I know everything <laughs> To do something, yeah, right. How how does that kind of thing show up in your work? Because I imagine it would be easy uh, to just learn yourself into doing nothing, yeah, right. There's, totally. I mean, there there has to be dozens and dozens and dozens of hours of interesting audio video, like videos oh, yeah. about how to how to make it sound great and how mm-hmm. to play with your amps and your pedals and all this kind of stuff, yeah. And you could do that at the exclusion of actually creating yeah, something, right? Easily. So where's that balancing point for you between learning and, and perfecting your craft mm-hmm. and making something? <laughs> well, I've I've very rarely... Is it only within the last couple of years have I actually had the resources and mostly on loan mm-hmm. from people to actually be more serious with recording or or um, tone, or, yeah. like, it. <laughs> this kind of falls in line with, with Young Fangs, and it's even to now, where most of the successes we've had with with Young Fangs um, were not really of us really, like, digging in and calling people and, like, sending emails, like, hundreds of emails out. A lot of it was we knew somebody who needed a, 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 a song or a band, mm-hmm. and this someone had, like, heard about us through a friend yeah and the same and so and the same thing goes to recording with once in future and the whole you know the amps and all that like a lot of the gear that i have is on loan is with people that like they don't really play music anymore so they just gave it to me to to use Mm -hmm. and so um it's only within recently that i even had the opportunity to like to be a gearhead or you had or to learn like of course you can always be better at guitar and that gets one example of like how much time you spend practicing guitar like technique and then and to point where or how do you write that's always yeah. for me it's always covers like do i learn covers when i play shows for shows or do i use the time for covers to actually write my own song mm-hmm. and that's another balance too but um for me most of music has been like garage band on some on someone else's computer that they don't use <laughs> Through, <laughs> through um, an interface that I that I got from really cheap from a friend, like a two channel interface, 
and recording like even at one point early on I didn't have an interface. I recorded all of my guitar parts through the MacBook mic. The mic on the MacBook. And then I would EQ it to sound like the instrument I wanted. <laughs> that's and that's a whole other project that yeah. I've I have. But I I learned how to EQ by trying to make an acoustic guitar that's four feet from a microphone sound like a bass. <laughs> and acoustic guitar four feet from a microphone is sound like a electric guitar. And, yeah. Or even like actual an acoustic guitar, which was very difficult too, and um, and so that's kind of like that's been the experience. Is all mostly just been hands on. I have a vision for what I want to do with this, and I've learned through that. Yeah, and that still that root of just keep creating and start applying the pieces of stuff you want to learn about into mm-hmm. what you're creating. That's the balance for me. And then again, I. I can spend more time on, I need to definitely spend more time on learning how to play guitar better or any instrument better. Um, but a lot of it is the root of, um, I'm going to learn how to use this compressor by writing a song and I'm going to put the compressor yeah. on this and I'm going to make this song with this compressor. Mm-hmm. But the song is the goal. Yeah. And that's kind of, it's, it's, and that's how it's always been from the beginning is I have friends that are like total like tone, tone heads or gear heads where they're like, where like they're they're they they're way more interested in how their pedal board works than really crafting a, mm-hmm. a song, which is not not bad. Like they're just geniuses uh, about circuitry yeah. and like the and layouts of pedals, and also with amps. Like there's people that are that are able to really to dial in an amp and know the difference between amps just by listening to it. It's amazing yeah. stuff. But for me, it's always the focus has always been in the making of something, regardless of how regardless of where it goes. Yeah. It's always been like learning, learning the process through the creation um, of a song, yeah. specifically in music, and that's that's, and it's definitely more balanced on like the making side than like the the student side, mm-hmm. and for better or for worse. Again, there's there's a there's a lot of things I I sh- I should know or should be better at that I am not, but I definitely really enjoy the creating side, um, and learning how to learn through creating. And that's that's kind of that's kind of that's my vision for it. That's how I go about it. So. Okay. <laughs> how important, in your esteemed professional opinion, <laughs> oh, man? How important are good drummers? Oh my gosh, so important. You want? Is this for you? That is this? For, is right. this for you? It sounds right. <laughs> it's, this question is for you. It's, um, they're they're one of the most important aspects of a band. There, there's a band called um, Sun Talk. Uh, I recently found. He's an amazing vocalist and. The songwriting is def it's like on the pop Americana side and but the drummer he got for that record 
is just a, it's the stuff he's right he wrote is amazing and i'll I, I, I imagine like i'll imagine the song without the drums or even like a better example the drummer for death cat for cutie mm. like if you listen to grapevine fires mm. it could have been just a regular shuffle yeah but it's not a regular shuffle. It's it's one of the most intricate yeah, all and tasteful. Nuance. It's yeah. all and so like this song would have been just another song, like with with a regular shuffle or brothers on a hotel bed, for example. Like the the drumming in those songs are, I th- in my opinion, make back to Death Cab for Cutie mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, yeah. Circuit, circuit. Circuit. The, the 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 drummer in those songs make make this song. I think in my opinion more than what it would have been. Mm-hmm. Um, that all sounds right. <laughs> that all sounds really smart. Yeah, I, but then it's that attitude that makes makes lead singers go solo. By the way, that <laughs> 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 their solo acoustic solo acoustic projects are because of yeah, <laughs> Sting Sting exists because of drummers of that attitude. We, we do. I, I, I mean, I, I do want to thank you for letting me play with you almost every Sunday. So You're well, I, I yeah. definitely appreciate that. Yeah, but there's that too. one woman at church. Oh who, my gosh! Like if if there could be two drummers on stage, I think she would go for that. She would. She wants all the drums. All, all the, the drums. Time. All the solos. So I'm, yeah, one of these days, her and I, we're just gonna like keep you know, <laughs> keep beating that keep drum. Keep beating that drum. Were. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Josh. Yeah. Josh. Number one, uh, thanks for being here. Yeah, of uh, two, uh, thanks for the work you're doing because it definitely matters uh, to me and I know to other people. Thanks, Joe. And three, thanks for letting me use some of your work. Like again, <laughs> the ins and outs of this podcast—that's those are those demos. Yeah, they of, are. Uh, it is Val Vision. Yeah, that's Val Vision. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm glad and you like it. Uh, so we get to. Enjoy that. That's, that's, <laughs> that's part of my sonic trademark here is your work. So um, wow. I, I, I definitely appreciate your generosity with that too. So I, mean, I, I love being a part of it. It's it's the sh- how how it's shared in your own community specifically and what you create. Or that's that's what makes its value like compound and grow. And I, I appreciate you asking me to do it. Cool. We'll keep at it. I will. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe to The Spark, our weekly email for people who want to do their very best work. All the details are at datelinedigital.com forward slash spark.